the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hi, welcome back. Mayor Jolovitz, privileged to sit in today for Seth Leibson. We have a guest I mentioned right before the commercial break. Uh, in light of that uh, scandal that's taking place in Arizona and Scottsdale. But there's a greater picture. The greater picture is why is there a need for a scandal? Why is the other side doing what they do? And we have the perfect person to explain that, and she's going to tell us what she herself is going to do. I mentioned her name, Sherry Sapir. She's a candidate for superintendent of public instruction. Sherry Sapir is an Arizona resident, of course, (laughs) small business owner. She is passionate about education because she is a mother of three. She's passionate about education because it's the future of our children. She's put her hat in the ring for this position of the superintendent of public instruction. Now, Sherry, actually, she has quite a quite an uh, impressive resume, and I'm going to be quite brief in doing it because I don't want to take time away from her. Sherry founded and grew a platinum luxury real estate company, uh, a successful real estate investment and management company. She, among other things, I'm actually just skipping down. I'm quite impressed. Maybe she... She got her pilot's license a number her pilot's license a number of years ago. Very impressive. Uh, she's been advocating, of course, for the prompt return of children to in person. And rather than me telling you what she's going to do and what she believes, why don't we have her do that herself? Sherry, it's a pleasure to have you join us. Hi, Mayor. Thank you so much for having me. It's my pleasure. And I'm going to say this even before, just in case time doesn't allow later. I've spoken to you before. I'm quite impressed not only with your credentials, but certainly with the, the intention. We sometimes live a life uh, that is bereft of intention. And the things that uh, you're looking to do, I think, is absolutely wonderful. And I'm going to ask you a question in a second. But even before I do, I'm going to tell you this, that if we were living in California or Pennsylvania or Georgia or Wisconsin, I would vote for you several times. Mm-hmm. Okay. I Sherry. That. That was- I would make you a Democrat, though. Yes, it's exactly right. So let me ask you to begin with. That's exactly right, Sherry. What is wrong with our educational system? Oh, so much. You know, it's been decades in the making, uh, maybe 100 years ago since the John Dewey days. You know, they have been trying to implement um, indoctrination into our school system, Marxism, socialism. And it was gradual, systematic. Uh, well thought of, and we're seeing it right now. Uh, it's kind of exploding in our face because of COVID and the mandates and probably parents seeing a lot more of what their children actually learning or not learning in school because they were home and um, they got a chance to glance at the computer and ask themselves, wow, this mm-hmm. is really what they're learning. Um but we've known, I mean, you know, the test scores have been there for, for a long time. We know we're 49 in the nation. There are many reasons why that is. It's not that we're truly 49, but we're not exactly at the top either. And so the system has been failing our children. You know, the fact that they closed, shut down the schools last year and refused to open them back up when they knew that it will create regression, depression, isolation to our kids, they didn't care. So the system had failed our children. 
and uh, we're really growing uh, illiterate, uh, not very productive members of society. And, you know, they're spending 12 years in these institutions. You would expect more. Do most parents, I'm sure, do most parents share your concerns? Are they just acquiescent and they surrender to the system? I would say a lot more than ever before. Uh, and it's throughout the nation. You see pretty much every day, uh, you know, school board meetings that go wrong and, and parents speaking up. It, it's a lot more. I mean, the momentum is here now. People are finally waking up. It took a while, but we're waking up. And it's really, to be honest with you, this is not a partisan issue. I know there's a lot of Democrats and independents that feel the same. I mean, if you had to quit your job last year to stay with your child at home for a year, mm-hmm. you felt the betrayal of the system. And so uh, I do believe that a lot of parents uh, share the same feelings that I have towards the system. What would Sherry Sapir, as superintendent of public instruction, do that needs to be done? Well, there's a lot of things to do, but number one to me is to fight for school choice. And the reason for that is I believe this will solve a lot of our problems automatically. Why? Because for the longest time now, we've been funding the system, not the students. The more money they asked, the more we gave them money. The more bloated they got, the more the administrators got richer. But could they ever show us that our children got any smarter? And the answer is no. Mm -hmm. So the only way for us to detach ourselves from the claws of the government is to, number one, have school choice. So you can take your child wherever you see fit, wherever you feel that that institution aligns with your values, with your morals, with the academic expectation you have for your child. Is there and is there opposition? To, I'm sorry, Sherry. Is there opposition to that notion? Oh, absolutely. The system is invested in the system. People from the education arena do not want school choice. It's, it's their biggest fear. It's their nightmare. Uh, and they will fight it. They have been fighting it. But uh, it's our time now. As, We've led them. I'm sorry, go ahead. Let them do what they needed to do all this time, you know, taking over our system. But those days are over. As a superintendent of public instruction, for example, um, does that allow you, for example, just a louder voice? Or does it actually give you some power of impact? So both. First of all, we we are going to have the megaphone. And that's important because a lot of the issues that are kind of being swept under the the mat, we're going to talk about them. We're going to be loud about them. We're going to bring them to the attention of those who can do something about it. If it's something, if it's violation of the statute, we're going to take it to the Attorney General. If it's uh, an issue that the legislature needs to address uh, and write bills about, we're going to bring it uh, to them and lobby and advocate for our children. But also the curriculum and the standards, all of these things are being drafted in the Department of Education. The State Board of Education is the one who has the final say. I will be one vote out of 11. The other 10 are appointed by the governor. Mm-hmm. But I assure you that as one of these votes, I will make sure that, first of all, whatever comes out of my department is going to be for the children. It's not going to be part of the world curriculum. It's not going to be these low standards or even the good standards we have here in Arizona. Um, they're not being really enforced. Nobody really pays attention to the schools not uh, standing up or really complying with the standards. You've mentioned, of course, and I think we all understand it, uh, those of us who uh, pay attention to the educational system, there are problems. Uh, who, if anyone specific can be pointed, I'm not talking about names, what positions, what 
who stands as the obstacle to the very common sense approach that you seem to be wanting to take? Well, the teachers' unions and the school board, the school board association, the national school board association, you know, the national school board association is the one who sent a letter to Biden Mm -hmm. telling him that they need to Mm -hmm. uh, be careful about parents and labeling us as domestic terrorists. Mm -hmm. This is the national school board association that the Arizona school board association is paying dues uh, to. So we're funding them fighting against us. That's number one. The teachers' unions, the same thing. You know, people may say, well, we don't have teachers' unions in Arizona. Yes, we do. We have associations. And they put their thumb on every decision-making that's going on in the schools, especially since they've, throughout the years, again, very systematically and pragmatically put in the people they needed to put in the school boards. And that's why we're seeing this big fight right now between parents and school boards because they have their people in and they're not on our team. Right. I should mention, by the way, to the public, uh, we're doing this interview over the phone, and you just actually alluded to it. The reason we don't have you in studio now is because of the fear, of course, that you might be a domestic terrorist, and we have to guard against that. I mean, every normal parent understands that. The insan- If nothing else, the insanity, the insanity of just watching these people run our educational system, rolling our eyes and not being able to do anything about it, that's the problem. We need people like you in. Um, we do have a commercial break that's coming up uh, um, in a minute and a half, whatever, and obviously I have more questions, whatever. Let me just ask you this, Sherry, while we've got that minute and a half before the commercial break. How can people reach you? How can people um, support you? Sure. So my website is electsherrysapir.com. My name is spelled S-H-I-R-Y-S-A-P-I-R. Uh, please go to my website, see what my platform is. If it resonates with you and you don't have to be a Republican, um, sign up my petition. Well, for that, you do need to be a Republican or an independent, but sign my petition, donate to my campaign. This is not about myself. This is about the children. Absolutely. We need to have true advocates for the children uh, running for these positions from from now on because we've given, I mean, these are our children. We've entrusted them with a system that goes against them. Right. We can't allow this to happen right. anymore. Sherry, we um, have a commercial break coming up uh, We'll ask you to politely to hold on, and when we come back, I do want to say this. While I step in as the sub for Seth Leapson, let me say this, and let me be clear about this. Any attacks on me, quite frankly, are attacks on science. Anyhow, that having been said, commercial break. We'll be right back. Hi, welcome back. Mayor Jolovitz sitting in for Seth Leapson. Uh, a special guest uh, with us now, Sherry uh, Sapir. I understand this is a three-hour broadcast, and I understand also the nature of radio. Many of the listeners who were listening in an hour ago might not be listening now. Uh, conversely, uh, some people might have just joined us now as we discuss this important topic. So let me do a very, very, very brief reintroduction. The person sitting with us, well, she's not sitting with us, she's on the phone, Uh, Sherry Sapir is running for the superintendent of public instruction. She is a mother, a successful businesswoman who is concerned about the future of our children. And the future of our children is determined um, other than the home by the educational system. So, Sherry, again, uh, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Let me ask you uh, this question. Um, The reason we are doing this is because, well, you're, you're, you're a parent. You've got three children. You're concerned about what's happening. Who and what 
do the concerned parents of school children who might be ill-served by the school system today, who do they turn to? This is the biggest problem we have. I think the reason that you see this uh, movement of parents uh, taking the control, basically, is because we are really not assisted by any of our representatives. Uh, you know, the, the, the law enforcement, it seems that we kind of have to take control by ourselves because when we are complaining, uh, our voices are not being heard. So hopefully uh, with the next session, uh, the legislature is going to address some of the issues that we've been bringing up. But, you know, the last session, we actually got to pass the ban against critical race theory and the ban against mandate. However, the Ninth Circuit uh, struck that down, and now we're back to square one. So uh, it seems that we're going to have to do it ourselves. Mm-hmm. I should ask and the obvious, of course, when is the election? The next election is uh, the primaries in August, and then the general will be in November 2022. And what do you have to do before then, and what do we do in order to support you to make sure that we can, in, in, uh, in essence, affect the uh, election? What do we need to do? What do we need to do with you in order to get this done? Well, first of all, we need to make sure that we make everyone aware of the situation. Some people don't have young children in the schools. I can tell you, though, that traveling throughout the state, as I do right now because this is a statewide office, I'm sometimes amazed by the most rural, remote areas, with an older uh, population that comes to the to the meetings to, to see me as a candidate. Uh, they're aware. You speak about education, and they are alert. They want to hear. So this is very promising to me. I feel that we will have uh, the support we need comes next year uh, because even if people don't have children, they're kind of paying attention. They understand that the demise of this country mm-hmm. will begin and end with education. So um, just support me is supporting myself and supporting school boards in your district. You know, we need to make sure that we vet the candidates so we don't have any, uh, you know, <laughs> surprises next year once we put people in that we think are with us and then have more betrayal. Mm-hmm. And supporting me is, you know, spread the word, uh, talk about, you know, who's running, what they're doing, send to the website, uh, go to the meetings. Uh, it's it just, this is, a, you know, the, the difference between the Democrats and us is that they have been so good at community organizing, right? They've been mm-hmm. doing this for Absolutely. so many years. And, and they're so good at this. Mm-hmm. So Republicans sometimes think we can just give some money and that would be it. This is different times, you know, and and we really need to knock on doors. We need to make sure that we're going to the school board meetings. We need to be vocal. We need to tell everyone mm-hmm. and reach everyone because this is a fight for our children. I don't know what else is more important than our children and their future. I certainly concur. I certainly concur. I'm concerned about the problem. What we've seen lately, we saw some we saw Virginia. Uh, the gubernatorial race, we saw an an almost upset in New Jersey and a couple of others. And the conservative or the Republican, I'm not a Republican, I I am a conservative. Uh, But the conservative, um, a lot of the conservative voices that I've spoken to, given the fact that we had a couple of minor victories or near victories, there seems to be almost a quiet resignation. Oh, everything is going to be fine. And I've spoken to too many people who've actually believed, who actually believe, and mind you, we're still, you know, we're not there yet, but too many people who actually believe that, well, the midterms, it's a done deal. We're going to win again. The Republicans are going to win. The conservatives are going to win. The Democrats have proven themselves to be incompetent. And anyone who actually pays attention understands that just because the other side 
is incompetent is no reason to believe that they will necessarily be upended. Um, I guess we need to, and I don't know what you do, or your colleagues or, or the people, we need to keep this flame lit. It's got to stay there. What do we need to do in order to do that? You mentioned a minute ago that uh, that you thought it was quite promising, that people were beginning to notice that change can, in fact, be affected. If people believe that it will be affected, there's a quiet resignation which might come back and bite us, uh, you know, where? Anyhow, your comment? So let's hope not. Uh, we, you know, the, the, the more vocal among us just need to keep on being vocal. Um, yes, we don't want anyone to put their guard down. Uh, no, we did not win this war just because we won a battle in Virginia. Right. Certainly this is a very winning message, I believe, uh, and it can carry us home. But we're not sure of that. So uh, the problem is it's still a year away. So they'll, they'll still do a lot more things against us and against our children. And we have to continue the, the fight right now before we even get to office. And so, um, yeah, it, it's going to be very disheartening if we see people just kind of getting complacent again because this comp- complacency has brought us to where we are today and we can't allow this to happen again. Right. In two minutes, we two and a half minutes, we do have a commercial break. But let me ask you this. And perhaps I'm asking out of a sense of naivete. I hope not. What exactly is the connection logistically between the superintendent of public instruction and the various school districts? How does it work? So, so the school boards, uh, the, the school districts are, you know, they have their own autonomy. And this is how the system works. And we as Republicans, we, we do believe in local control, right? If, you, if you're from the community, you know the the needs and the, and the wills of your community, and you're going to represent them correctly. Well, unfortunately, we know that that's not the case because for so many years, the teachers' unions have brought in their candidates into our school boards, and now they are running the show. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is how the system works. So what can I do as a superintendent? Superintendent, uh, for instance, one of the first things that I will do day one is we have an, an equity department in the Department of Education that got, you know, uh, got said by the, uh, the, the sitting Superintendent Kathy Hoffman, the Equity, Diversity, and Inclusion Department, as far as I'm concerned, needs to be closed the first day I'm in office because this is where they're bringing down and trickling down this divisive hatred and, and, and just nonsense, really, that they're bringing into our schools, into our school boards with different, with different trainings, um, different ideas, different assignments, different uh, meetings that they have. All of these things are a terrible waste of the taxpayers' money. They don't serve our kids. They don't make them any more educated in any way, shape, or form. Mm -hmm. So we need to stop that. And this is the kind of things that we can do. You know, if you can open an equity department, I can open a 1776 department just the same, right? Excellent. We can play the game. Excellent. And we will. Anyhow, we hear from the music in the background that – uh, we're coming up to commercial break in, a, in another 30 seconds. For those of you who might have just tuned in, uh, Shiri Sapir, S-A-P-I-R, running for superintendent in public instruction. Uh, we will let you know how you can uh, contact or support her. If you're driving on the highway 51 right now, pull your car over right now. Go pull your car over because when we come back from the commercial break, you'll have a chance to write down that information. Hi, welcome back. Mayor Jolovitz with uh, our guest, uh, Shiri Sapir, running for the superintendent of public instruction, uh, concerned about, and I would imagine any normal 
sensible person, if common sense has not yet been suspended, would be concerned about critical race theory and also the, the mask and vaccine mandates. And it goes beyond that. We all know that if you're a listener, if you're a regular with Seth Leapson, you certainly understand it isn't just about school policy. It isn't just about masking. It's about the control that they somehow need to establish in dictating where we are going. And uh, standing strong in opposition is someone who's running for that position, Superintendent of Public Instruction. We've got another five minutes with her. Uh, Sherry, again, thank you for joining us today. Thank you. What is, um, what's the thing that an average parent can do? You obviously are going to put, you, you're putting yourself out there. You're going to become uh, a spokesperson for, and, and hopefully a mover and a shaker uh, in the educational system. What can the people who want you to do this, what can they do in the meantime to make sure that uh, you're there for us? Oh, for my campaign? Yes. Uh, they yes. can definitely uh, go on my website, electsherrysapir.com. Again, my name is spelled S-H-I-R-Y-S-A-P-I-R. Signing my petition to get me on the ballot is key. Contributing to my campaign. Um, I'm running clean, so I need $5 donations from 1,800 people. So if you have $5 and you feel that that's a good investment for you to uh, try to give it a shot for us to win that office, I think um, uh, I would definitely appreciate it if you go on my website and do that. And then, uh, meanwhile, you know, make sure that we are paying attention to what's going on in our schools. And please reach out to me. My email, my cell phone are all on the website. If you see things that are odd, uh, we just got done, you know, or not got done, but we are having the fiasco in the Scottsdale School Board. Uh, that's, we've been dealing it, you know, with the last couple of days. It went national news. Um, and we're not, we don't have enough time for me to get into it. But for those who knows what the situation is, uh, we actually just got a message from the, from the school district they will hold a special session because uh, we, I specifically, and some of us parents, actually hundreds of us, signed a letter as well to re- to call for the resignation of the school board president. So we we can win if we come together and if we do uh, what's right for our kids and not just kind of turn the blind eye and say, well, we'll just dub them off and we'll move on because we have a life to live. Sure, we have a life to live, but you have to understand that these kids are going to grow up to... Um, to hate their country, hate their family, and hate themselves. And anybody who has any conscience and any love towards their children needs to say, you know what, this is really important, and get involved. And if you see things that are wrong in your schools, if you see books that your children bring home, that you are at awe with the content, and you should be because there are so many of them, uh, sexual content, so much uh, just demonic and satanic topics that they're letting them read, and it's supposedly under English. Just reading. Yeah. It's so disturbing. So it's, don't turn the, the other, you know, don't turn a blind eye to this. Right. Pay attention. Let us know about it. Uh, on my website, pretty soon I'm going to have a special section for complaints. And we're going to push these things. I mean, if we all talk about these things, we can make a difference. Of course. And so until we take the office next year, as I said, there's still a long time for them to do a lot of damage. Uh, we need to be very alert. Yeah, it's unfathomable, actually. And uh, and I think I speak as one. I think it's absolutely important. You know, there's some people out there listening and say, well, this doesn't affect me. My kids, my children are already out of the house. But your children. But it goes, it goes even beyond just your children and per- perhaps your grandchildren. It goes to the type of country that we will ultimately inherit as a result of what the educational school system has done, either good or bad. And, and you know, and therefore, I think it absolutely magnifies the need for us 
to attack it here. Once they're out, I mean, once they're out, I mean, it it's too late. It's too late. We've got to get it exactly now. Anyhow, uh, we have another minute and a half to go. I want to thank you for joining us, and I'm going to give you one more opportunity. Once again, the nature of radio, some people are driving, listening to this. I've asked them to pull the car over abruptly to the side of the road mm-hmm. in order to take the – just give us the information one time – excuse me, one more time so they know how to support you. Sure. My website is electsherrysapir.com, S-H-I-R-Y-S-A-P-I-R, contributions, signing my petition. Email me, get on my email list, so you can stay in touch and know what we're doing. This is a parent-led movement. This is not about Sherry Sapir. It has nothing to do with me. I'm just a messenger. And I'm going to fight extremely hard for our children, my children, your children, and this country. And this is the battle that we have to win. Very good. I think you've just said something very important. You said, I'm just a messenger. Well, that's the message that needs to be delivered. Uh, Sherry Sapir, thank you so much for joining us. I wish you luck, and I hope that people do understand the importance of the uh, quest that you now pursue. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Okay. Wow. Commercial break coming up in a few seconds. Enjoy the music. And uh, when we come back, uh, we'll finish off this hour pretty soon. And then we have a special guest again uh, at the the turn of the hour with a very troubling, um, but nonetheless, uh, a a subject needs to be addressed. Anyhow, we'll be right back. Hi, welcome back again. Mayor Jolovitz sitting in for Seth Leibson. Uh, we just spoke to Shuri uh, Sapir, running for superintendent of public education. It's an important thing. Education, as you know, I don't have to tell you anything. <laughs> you certainly know this. It's a mechanism by which the future is often determined. And you know this as well, that there are too many who are turning this blind eye towards the educational system. And it isn't just about critical race theory. It isn't just about should the kids wear masks or not wear masks. The very nature of what is being taught in our society, well, it's made its dent. Western civilization, as we knew it, was once considered the pinnacle of goodness, of, of, of everything. Western culture led the world. And today, Western culture actually apologizes for its very being. And we have people talk about the immigration problem. We have people coming. Do you remember? Of course you remember. A hundred years ago, when immigrants came to this country, they would, and this was not a joke, they would drop to their knees and they would kiss the ground because they found hell and ground. They found America. They found freedom. They found opportunity. They found a future. It wasn't to be found elsewhere. Today, immigrants, <laughs> illegal, come into this country and the first thing you want to do is to change the country to be what? To be what they had escaped. It's insanity, and insanity does prevail. It's an attack on the West. Now, this war against the West, in all its manifestations, is based, as I've said earlier when I was talking about, it's based on the corruption of truth. It's fueled by this leftist camp, which likes to call itself progressive. There's nothing progressive. There's no, there's no progress here. In the language of uh, George Orwell, and in the fashion of 1984, we have seen an inversion of the truth which is offered us virtually without shame. 
Now, incidentally, something I used to point out in some of my lectures, at the turn of the last century, on the 1st of January, 1900, the three leading newspapers of the world at the time, the New York Times, the London Times, and Le Monde, uniformly predicted that economic prosperity made possible by scientific technology and democracy would produce an era of universal peace in the 20th century. So how did that turn out? 110 million conflict-related deaths later, the 20th century was the bloodiest in history. So much for economic prosperity made possible by scientific technology and democracy. We need to wake up and take stock. It's not pretty out there, but it ought to be. There are, I mentioned before that I love quotations. I use them often to punctuate some of the things that I say. Uh, we all remember P.T. Barnum's you know, famous thing, there's a sucker born every, yes, every minute, a sucker born every minute. That was P.T. Barnum. H.L. Mencken, another social commentator, said this, No one in this world, as far as I know, and I've searched the record for years, and I've employed agents to help me, has ever lost money by underestimating the intelligence of the great masses of the plain people. So let's wed both P.T. Barnum and H.L. Mencken together with a statement from Carl Sagan. You remember Carl Sagan? Of course you do. Carl Sagan said the following, Both Barnum and H.L. Mencken are said to have made the depressing observation that no one ever lost money by underestimating the intelligence of the American people. The remark has worldwide application. But the lack is not in intelligence, Sagan said, which is plentiful in plentiful supply. Rather, the scarce commodity is systematic training in critical thinking. That's what it comes down to. It comes to critical thinking. It's the element that is perhaps most absent in our lives today. You turn on television for guidance, wanting to listen to an opinion or a commentary, and you're making a mistake. There's no critical thinking going on. If people, less intelligent than you, serving an opinion and convincing you that they know what they're talking about. What is critical thinking? We know what critical thinking is. Critical thinking is, by definition, the objective analysis of facts or an intelligent evaluation of an issue to form a reasonable or rational judgment. Well, if that's the case, why do so many people make so many mistakes and so often? Why? Maybe we aren't as smart as we think. It's the myth of the intelligence of man. It was Nikola Tesla, lived a hundred years ago. Yeah, Tesla, as in Tesla fame, who made this observation, and it's a good one. He said, the scientists of today, and mind you, he was talking a hundred years ago. He said, the scientists of today think deeply instead of clearly. One must be sane to think clearly, but one can think deeply and be quite insane. What's the takeaway here? We don't need deep thinkers. We need clear thinkers. Anyhow, um, as we come to the end of, or close to the end of this hour, I do want to tell you that there have been some things going on. You've watched television in New York. Black Lives Matter all of a sudden decides, 
that they need to matter again, and they've made a lot of noise. Turn on your television, you'll see it. And if you turn on the wrong network, and I'm not going to tell you which is the right, you might not get the picture that we have ever more reason to be concerned. We do. We do. This isn't just an attack on, this isn't just political. This isn't political. This is something that needs to be fixed now. And to do that, I'm going to quote you something Winston Churchill said 75 years ago, House of Commons. It was a warning to history at the time. And I'm going to read you something that was quoted, of course, by Martin Gilbert in The Prophet of Truth. Uh, He was uh, the official biographer for Churchill. Here's what he said, quoting Churchill. When the situation was manageable, it was neglected. And now that it is thoroughly out of hand, we apply too late the remedies which then might have effected a cure. There is nothing new in the story. It falls into that long, dismal catalog of the fruitlessness of experience and the confirmed unteachability, unteachability of mankind. Want of foresight, unwillingness to act when action would be simple and effective, lack of clear thinking, confusion of counsel until the emergency comes, until self-preservation strikes its jarring gong, these are the features which constitute the endless repetition of history. What's the translation? It's quite simple. God help us if we refuse to learn the very obvious lessons of history. I am, I, I want to say, I, I mentioned at the beginning, some of you might have joined us a little later. Uh, my name is Mayor Jolovitz. I am co-host with William Wolfe. Uh, on Sundays on this broadcast, uh, on this uh, network, uh, Patriot Radio, of Middle East Radio Forum. If you want to know things about the Middle East, the discussion of the Middle East, an analysis, a report of the news current, and also an analysis of the philosophical dimensions of that conflict, you need to tune in. It's one hour a week. It's on Sunday, Middle East Radio Forum, co-hosted on alternate, weekend, uh, on alternate Sundays by Attorney William Wilf and yours truly. It's something that I think that uh, we are politically incorrect. We advertise ourselves as being unabashed in presenting the opinions. We tell you who the good guys are, and we expose the bad guys. Anyhow, commercial break coming up. When we come back, um, a very short segment in which I will introduce the speaker that we have coming up after the hour. Thank you. Hi, thank you. Mary Jolovitz, sitting in for Seth Leibson. Seth is a good man. Uh, We have a commercial break, actually. It's coming in a few minutes, which I will then exploit to do an introduction even right now. We have a guest following that longer commercial break uh, in order not to cut into the time. Uh, He just finished a podcast of his own uh, and was uh, kind enough to be able to join us at a time that works for both of us. Uh, there's a lot of stuff going on, stuff going on in New York. Uh, Black Lives Matter has, uh, has uh, well, l- let me just tell you who we're going to have. Our guest is going to be Dr. Jake Jacobs. Jake Jacobs is the host of the Jake Jacobs Show. He's the author of Mobocracy, the Cultural and Political War to Destroy Our Republic Under God. He's written also a book called, uh, titled, Mother, Should I Trust the Government? The Making and Keeping of Our American Republic. And finally, his latest work, Mob Rule, which is the reason we're going to have him on today. Mob Rule, unmasking the radical leftists at our doorsteps. Now, we've invited Dr. Jacobs to comment about the news story that is everywhere today. 
and I'm referencing the Black Lives Matter. The co-founder, Walter Hawk, can we call you Hawk? Hawk. Hawk Newsom, a proud Marxist who has threatened to lead the mobs again against the city of New York. On the menu, riots, fire, and bloodshed. His words. Newsom is a high school dropout who has spoken openly about his battles with alcoholism, domestic abuse, and anger issues. And I would venture to guess that it seems it was a battle that he lost. Newsom's resume, which neglects to mention his low IQ, apparently does lay claim to having a law degree. What? A law degree. One must imagine, I guess, that he must have bought it someplace. Or maybe he just threatened to burn down the building if they didn't issue him a degree. The person is going to comment about this, and perhaps I should have saved this so he would hear what my uh, introduction was, is Dr. Uh, Dr. Jake Jacobs. He's going to join us after the, uh, um, I mean, at the commercial break. Um, here's what I want to tell you. Uh, there is... Uh, There is a radio program. Forgive me for doing a self-promo. It's on Sunday. It's on at noon. It's one hour long. It's called Middle East Radio Forum. It's where I exercise at least my expertise. My expertise is in Middle East affairs. And uh, I invite you to tune in. You will enjoy it. And if you're not able to do it on Sunday because you're doing something else, you can find it uh, online, uh, the podcast. I think it's a perspective that you would enjoy. It's pro-Israel, it's pro-American, it's pro-West. Um, it's the one that tells you that you need to hold on with two hands. That's what gun control is, by the way. Gun control means using both hands. How did the Democrats not understand that? Anyhow, commercial break. When we come back with a commercial, after a couple of commercials, we'll have Dr. Jake Jacobs with us. Thank you so much. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com. <laughs> 